Hey, hey, we're your hosts. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Jonathan. And we believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give to yourself is the gift of wholeness through integrating all aspects of what it means to be human. And in this podcast, we're bringing you insight, information, and inspiration to move from a stressful to stress-free life. Your journey to becoming even healthier and happier starts right now. Welcome to Wellness Theory, the podcast. So now we are super excited to be introducing our next speaker. So as well, as we know, you know, being healthy and well is about so much more than just ourselves. We've spoken about this before. Now, when we ignite our innate vitality, it becomes about the impact that we have on our loved ones, strangers, and the great good. Now, the link between being well and making a difference in the world is more important now than ever before. I'm sure that you'll agree on that. Um, no one knows this better than Jean-Pierre de Villiers. Now, Jean-Pierre is an inspirational speaker, high-performance coach, author, and athlete who's overcome many personal challenges and is having an, a huge impact in the world today. Yeah, he sure is. I remember seeing him uh, for the first time. We was in the audience when he was talking at a Tony Robbins um, thing over in Abu Dhabi. He was awesome. So I know you're going to love him today. Definitely. So JP, as he is known, has shared the stage with some of the world's best speakers, including Lisa Nichols, Jay Abraham, Prince EA, uh, Jay Shetty, obviously Tony Robbins that I've just mentioned there is represented as well. Um, not only that, he's been featured on TEDx um, and he's been selected as one of the most inspiring people in London and supported by London's mayor office as well. And he's had the honour of speaking in front of the UAE royal family as well. So we are buzzing to have him join us today. As he's going to be speaking to you about how, how to have the impact that you wish you could. JP, make yourself you known. There hey, he there he is. There he is. Good man. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you perfectly. Amazing, guys. Really, really a pleasure to be here. And I've really enjoyed the day so far. I've been a student always, as I am and will be for the rest of my life. I've been a student for the last two hours and really connected to Robert's talk and was really inspired by Paul's talk. And like Robert said, I'm really inspired by you guys. Can I just say, like, this is such an incredibly well run event. It's so professional, the pre-work, the uh, the organization of this event. So it's always a pleasure as a performance coach and someone that is of high performance to show up in a high performance environment. So thank you so much for having me once again. And no thank problem. you everyone for being here. I've just noticed in the gallery, gallery view, uh, one of my students, my sister from another, Mr. Mr. Samaya in the audience. So lovely to see your beautiful face and your amazing smile. Uh, yes, I'm just seeing in the comments, I'm a Safa born and bred baby and very, very <laughs> proud of being from South Africa. Uh, but I've lived half of my life in South Africa, the first half, 20 years. And then I spent the last and have spent the last 20 years in the UK where I am now. As you can tell, I'm at my home and uh, I'm really looking forward to spending the next hour with you guys. So let's get to it, shall we? If you're ready to take on some new knowledge and hopefully implement that knowledge, please say, yeah, baby, in the chat. I'm all about energy. And there's something about the words, yeah, baby, that it just makes you want to get going. So I thought I heard from a South African accent. Yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Okay, amazing. Thank you, Stacey, Chantel, Serena. All right, let's get to it. Demetra, Demetra says, yeah, baby. Uh, all right, say it with a little bit of chutzpah, right? Say it with some energy and you'll see what happens. It just feels really good. Maybe even have it as a ritual in your life to wake up in your, every morning and just look yourself in the mirror and just, 
I don't know, do it like that with your eyebrows and just give yourself a little wink and say, yeah, baby, because that really creates an extraordinary energy in you. <laughs> Lots of energy coming in the chat. Amazing, amazing. So uh, great intro. Thank you so much, guys, Charlotte and Jonathan. I'm a high performance coach. I work mostly with high performers. And just to be very clear, the difference between, not that one is better than the other, but the difference between a life coach and a performance coach is life coaches generally help people fix their problems where performance coaching is about working with people that are already or recognize that they're already performing at a higher level, whether it's in public or in private, but they just know that they can perform at an even higher level. And that's what I get to do and what I'm blessed to do. I'm get, I get to help people play a better game by working on something that Robert touched on or spoke about a lot, which is working with their subconscious or their unconscious or their superconscious. And we're going to tap into that over the next hour together. But just to give you a little bit of context, I'll tell you a little bit about my life. I grew up in Cape Town, South Africa. As I mentioned, I lived there for the first 20 years of my life. And I didn't like the life that was presented to me. It wasn't the worst life. It wasn't the best life. But it definitely wasn't a life that I would wish upon other people. It involved years of bullying at school, lots of trauma and uncertainty and even unsafety at home, if that's even a word, unsafety. I don't think it is, but it, you get it, right? And what I did was I found myself, I found my happiness, I found my certainty in something at the age of seven, and that was fitness. And I'm sure you can all agree that when you find fitness that you love or a sport that you love, it doesn't matter what's going on at home, doesn't matter what's going on at work, doesn't matter what's going on anywhere, because when you're in the thing that you love, it just makes you feel so good. And I use that as a strategy or maybe as a crutch to be able to get through my childhood. And I got through my childhood. My only consistent thought was, I can't wait to be out of school. 10 years left, five years left, three years left, one years left. Get me out of this prison. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And then when I left at 18 years old, I left school, I left my neighborhood, and I started my life over again. But what I did was, not knowing what was good for me long-term, I fell into a lot of bad habits. I fell into a lot of partying and hung around with not the wrong people, but they weren't the right people for who I wanted to be and who I wanted to stand for in my life. So at the age of 19 going on 20, because my grandfather is from the UK or was from the UK, I knew I could get to the UK. So at 20 years old, I got on a plane for the first time in my life because we really didn't have a lot of money growing up. I got on the plane for, for the first time in my life at 20. I flew to the UK. And after having some terrible, horrible jobs, I eventually got myself from a chicken factory to a dog and cat food factory to eventually working in London. And I started working in bars and restaurants as a waiter, then a bartender. And one thing that I really loved to do was play music. I loved DJing. Although I wasn't very good in the beginning, I really, really loved DJing. So I really went all in on that thing like fitness that made me feel good. But this wasn't sustainable because sometimes we like to do certain things in our life, but they're actually not very good for us. Whether it's complaining, we like to complain or whether it's we like to drink or do whatever it is. And for me, being in that environment, for me, 
Not saying that it's the same for everyone else. For me, it wasn't sustainable. And at 23 years old, after going all in on DJing, I woke up on New Year's Day in Riga, Latvia, having played a New Year's Eve gig, having, having been flown there, having a driver wait for me, staying at the Radisson Hotel, first time ever in a hotel in my life at 23, playing to two and a half thousand people in a club called Nautilus. The next day, I felt emptier than I'd ever felt. And that's because of this reason. At 20 years old, I went to the UK on my own, like I mentioned. So I had no one to blame for where I had gone, for who I had become. And I realized in that moment, I don't know a lot of things. I can barely speak English sometimes, but I have a very high level of self-awareness. I don't know why. My gift from the universe, my gift from God. And I realized in that moment with my own level of awareness at that time that I had no one to blame for who I had become because I came to the UK on my own. And that decision by decision, because we can only make one decision at, at a time. You can never make two decisions at one time. Give it a go. By deci uh, decision by decision, I had slowly, slowly got my life wrong. So with that current level of awareness at 23 years old, I figured if I don't like the way my life is, and I got here decision by decision, maybe, just maybe, I could decision by decision figure out how to get my life right. And I made that my mission, not to be a coach, a speaker, uh, seven times author with two best-selling books, to be a professional athlete, all the things that I was going to do over the next almost two decades. But I just, in all transparency, I just wanted to save myself. Because at 23 years old, decision by decision, getting my life wrong, as the saying goes, keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. I knew that unless I changed, nothing was going to change. And if I kept doing what I'd been doing, I'd keep going in the same direction. And change always comes from a matter of motivation, right? Never skill or mostly motivation and not so much skill. And change comes mostly from pain and also from pleasure. And at 23 years old, in that moment of awareness, I was reminded of a deep-rooted pain within myself. You see, 10 years prior to that, when I was 13 years old, my father took his own life because he too, due to his own reasons and his own traumas, he got his life very wrong, decision by decision by decision to do the wrong thing, to think the wrong thing, to, do the, to, to have the wrong experiences, to hang out with the wrong people, not judging, just knowing that it wasn't right for him. And I knew, I could see that there were patterns and I had to change the patterns. So in that moment, I knew if I don't change my ways, I can't guarantee it, but maybe, just maybe I'll end up like my father. So I went back to the UK just to save myself, not to be a coach or anything else, and decision by decision, I started to get my life better. Never mind right. Right seemed million miles away, but I started to get my life better. And I started to do things like ask for help, ask for knowledge. And I started to acquire this knowledge and I started to immerse myself in, in, myself in things like personal development, 
self-improvement, self-enrichment, spiritual self-enrichment. I started following a guy named Anthony Robbins, right? Now we call him Tony, Tony Robbins. I got uh, recommended by a friend of mine to watch a movie called The Secret. And he said, JP, it's very American. It's very cheesy, but just listen to the words. And I did what he said because I was hungry for change. I needed to change my way. So I went, I went to his house and I watched this movie, The Secret. And all of these quotes resonate with me, whether we think we can or we can't, either way, we are right. Our, um, you know, our visualizations are a preview of our life's coming attractions. Like I've become a massive fan of Einstein and all these amazing, amazing quotes about how we can change our life by changing our thoughts. And really what I learned many years later by changing our thoughts, what are we really changing? We're changing our energy. And I started to change my energy decision by decision, day by day. I started to change my habits. I started to change the experiences I was having and who I was having them with. And by the age of 25, I'd gone back to rock star, but a sustainable rock star rather than being at rock bottom at the age of 23, where on the outside as a DJ, I look like a rock star. And as Tony Robbins uh, says all the time, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And at 23 years old, I had success as a full-time DJ being flown around and driven around and getting paid a lot of money to not really work, just play music and do other things. And because I was fully immersed in that experience. But now at 25 years old, I was so fulfilled. I was so happy. And in that moment, I realized that if I can decision by decision, after 12 years of bullying, after almost going to foster care and my mom sitting me down and saying that I can't afford to keep you, after my father tried to commit suicide seven times and the eighth time being successful, if I can go through that and so much more, but for a lack of time, I won't share it with you. If I can go from that to where I was internally at 25 years old and not, you know, investing at that time, tens or hundreds of thousands, just decision by decision, starting to change the direction of my life, man, oh man, I want to teach this to people for the rest of my life. So in that moment where I was in a gym in London uh, at 25 years old, 25 and a half, I made a decision. That's once again, decisions. I made a decision that for the rest of my life, I will number one, be a student. And then number two, I will teach what I know. What I know is right. And what I know works. And I've been doing that now for the last 15 years professionally, 17, 18 years with me being my first client for the first few years, but 15, 16 years, I've been doing that professionally. And I've spoken all over the world. I've represented Tony Robbins, Success Resources, Najahi Events for, the, for those of you in the UAE or for any Najahi people here. I love you. I miss you. I miss Dubai. I can't wait to come back there soon in the next uh, few months. I think Robert said he's in Dubai. If he is, I really want to connect with him. I, lo I love his energy. And, uh, and there's definitely lots of synchronicities there. And I've written seven books for someone that barely passed high school. I was very impressed to even write my first book, never mind seven books. But uh, I heard a great quote once, uh, and I'm going to get this wrong, right? I'm paraphrasing. But a famous author that had written many books was asked, and maybe someone in the chat knows more about this story, was asked, how did you become so good at writing? Uh, and the person said, write two shitty pages a day. I hope it's okay to say that. 
write two shitty pages a day. And, what, and what's the, the meaning that I took behind that? It's just show up, make a decision. Whether you write or don't write, it's a decision. To take action on a strategy, to implement something is a decision. But procrastination is a decision too. The only thing is the gap between where you are now and where you want to be and that gap for the rest of your life requires two things, strategy and implementation. So procrastination, even though it's a strategy because we're choosing to procrastinate, whether consciously or subconsciously, whatever the, the underlying reason why we're procrastinating is, procrastination is a strategy. But it's the strategy that doesn't actually get us anywhere. It doesn't get us anywhere. So I thought, you know what? I want to help people stop procrastinating. I want to help them take action. I want to help people make better decisions. Uh, decisions. And I've been doing that now for an awesome amount of time. Uh, and I get to do it through private coaching at a CEO level and in that vicinity uh, with uh, working with C-suite clients, people that are already very driven, very ambitious. But like I shared before, they just know inside that they can play a better game. And I hold their feet to the fire. I tell them the truth. And then I give them the best strategies that I know works. Now, I can't hold your feet to the fire right now, right? Because we're just in a, an hour talk together. But definitely what I can do is share with you what I know works and share with you my truth. And that's mostly what we're going to talk about today. And that's sharing your truth. So how can you be a game changer? How can you be a force for good in the world? How can you be even more of a force than you already are. Number one, and let me share with you, everything that I'm about to share with you, number one is an opinion. So please don't get offended. And if you want to disagree, you're more than welcome to disagree. Treat everything as an opinion, right? So we can just let our guards down and just be open-minded and open-hearted to this uh, conversation or the, this lesson, whatever you want to call it. And number two, if... If there's something that resonates with you, write it down, write it down. If something resonates with you, write it down because it's the difference between active and passive learning. Passive learning means you're gonna retain about 10%. Active learning means you're gonna retain up to 90%. So spine straight, lots of water, deep breaths, do whatever you need to do to be as active as immersive in this experience, not just in my session, but in the rest of your time together here with the wellness theory on this event. And then lastly, if you, if you really like something and you think, man, I really want to put out some energy as a result of the energy that was ju just brought to me, write it in the chat. I'd love to see your comments. I can see Chantal has just said, uh, can relate. Not sure what that was too, but the comments are mostly for you uh, than they are for me. So let's get busy. Number one. I can tell you that, or before I start, I can tell you that everything I'm going to share with you is based on, I'm 40 now, so I'm going to say based on 39 years of experience, right? It's not, I'm not a textbook coach. I didn't just do some qualification and then walk around calling myself a coach. That's just not me. I'm an experiential coach, or at least that's what I call myself. I coach on experience. So please know that everything that I'm going to share with you and everything that we're going to talk about comes from 39 years of experience from NLP, from Tony Robbins, from sharing the stage and, and having mentors from some uh, mentorship from some of the greatest speakers, coaches and trainers in the world, but also from my darkest, darkest moments. The ones that I mentioned before, 
facing my fears, jumping out of planes, stepping on stages, stepping in a boxing ring, becoming a professional Muay Thai fighter, a martial artist, when everything in my body said, no, 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 don't do this, don't do this. And also from my most recent experience, uh, some of you may know if you follow me on in 2019, I was already living a life that I love and because I'd created my life that way. And I was doing something that I really love to do, which is one of the reasons why I chose to show up at this event today, because I don't say yes to every event, was because I love doing things that are not about me. I love doing things that are for bigger reasons than me. And one thing I was doing was I was cycling, once again, fitness, and I was raising money for charity. I was cycling across the UK doing what's called the end-to-end challenge. And I was cycling from the top of Scotland to the south of England. And it was meant to be 10 days, 1,000 miles. And on the eighth day, I was hit going downhill by a drunk hit and run driver, uninsured, already disqualified from driving in a stolen car. It wasn't even his car. I had both of my legs broken. I was airlifted to hospital. I spent two weeks in intensive care. I don't remember the accident. It was that prismatic. And now most of my body is metal. So yes, I am the real Iron Man. Uh, I'm an Iron Man athlete. So I think it's funny that I'm made out of metal now. And this really significantly uh, changed who I was because so much of what I had made my identity I couldn't do anymore. I couldn't speak around the world. I couldn't travel. I couldn't travel to clients. I couldn't even stand up. So rather than looking at all the things that I couldn't do, I asked myself, what can I do? After two weeks in intensive care, day 10, 11, realizing what had happened to me and seven weeks in hospital and a year in recovery, not really doing much other than lying in my bed. I said, what can I do? And there's a real gift here. You know, the ability to always focus on what's in your control or what you can do versus what's out of your control and what you can't do. There's no amount of focusing on what you can't do that'll make you feel good. There's no amount of focusing on what's out of your control that'll make you feel empowered. So I could lie there the victim or I could remain victorious to say, hey, I can't do this, this and that, but I can do this. And I said, you know what? If I can't go outside, I'm going to go inside. And I spent the next year getting deep, deep into spiritual practices and working on my spiritual uh, self. And rather than, you know, there's three things that we're always doing. We're either thinking, we're either doing, or we're being. And I said, hey, I'm I'm gonna, I can do a little bit of thinking, but I'm not in my best state. I can't do any doing right now. So let me just focus on my being. Uh, And it took me to, Buddhist meditation centers. It took me to a Buddhist monastery. It took me to a Shaolin temple. It took me to living for 16 days in absolute silence, meditating for 10, 11 hours a day. And I learned so much, so, so much. And I wrapped together everything that I had learned in my life as a coach, as a speaker, as a student of my own work. And I created my truth model. And this, in my opinion, is how you become a force for good in the world or how you become even more of a force for good than you already are. And that's by living your truth. Now, I'm a peak performance coach, 
right? Whether peak performance coaches are working with tennis players, golfers, Formula One uh, Grand Prix drivers, or business people, generally speaking, very generally, a performance coach, their job or responsibility is to protect their client's energy. So imagine this, imagine I'm coaching you now, my job is to help you protect your energy. And this is what we are going to get into today. Albert Einstein said, once again, I'm a, you can tell I'm a fan, right? <laughs> Albert Einstein said, everything is energy. Match the frequency of the, or the energy of the reality life that you want, and you cannot help but get it. I'll say that again. Everything is energy. Match the frequency of the reality that you want, and you cannot help but get it. Now, I didn't know Einstein, but I knew that he knew a thing or two. So I paid real close attention to that. And I started to really, really protect my energy. And then I started to do it for my clients too. And in going within over the last two years, I think I said three years before, it's only been two years since my accident. That's crazy. I looked at how can I create a simple, efficient, clear way for people to understand how to every day, decision by decision, protect their energy so they can always show up with the frequency that matches the reality that they want. And I call it my truth model. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down the word truth and we're going to start with T. To live your truth. Actually, let me go before I go into the truth model. Let me just talk a little bit more about what living your truth means and why it's so incredibly important. If you want to be truly happy and fulfilled, which I'm going to make an assumption and say that you do, because everyone I've ever worked with, if I ask them, why do you want that? Why do you want the business? Why do you want the kids? If I go deep, 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 they're always going to say, because it'll make me happy or because that makes me happy. So what, in my opinion, makes us happiest? And that's living an authentic truthful, honest life. And I've created a, a different model around truth, but to help people understand what living your truth looks like in the simplest form, it's one, to be honest with others. Two, to be honest with yourself. And three, here's the kicker, right? Because you can be honest with others. That's the easy part. Being honest with yourself is harder. But here's the real hard part. Allow others to be honest with you. That's the hard part. Don't walk around and say, oh, I'm speaking my truth. And then someone says, oh, I don't disagree with what you say. And you go home and oh, I don't like that that person said that, right? That's not living truth, right? Because it's just one-sided. You've got to be able to take truth as well as you give it. So for me, the happiest experience of living is to live a truthful life. And when you live in your truth, you are truly happy because you live more in flow than in resistance. And what that looks like is this five, at least this, these are five significant ways, proven, tried and tested ways for you to step more into your truth. And number one, the T in truth is to trust your intuition. There's a question that's just come in. Thanks, Demetra. 
What if others can't accept you being honest with them? We're going to get to that. Great question. Great question. And it's the H in truth. But we'll get to that later. Uh, if there are any more questions, because there's a lot of public chat, which I will look at later, because I'm going to stay on till the end of today's event. But if there's a question for me, please, uh, if one of the team could put it as a direct message, because then my peripheral vision will see the the red typing for direct message. So we'll come to that later, others, right? Let's just focus on ourselves first. Uh, there's a, there's a, a hint there. So number one, to live your truth is to trust your intuition. To not live your truth, obviously this sounds incredibly simple, is to live a lie. And most times when I find people that are looking to live their best life, it's because somewhere in their life, there is incongruence or incongruency, one, one of the two. I don't know which one is the right word. But there is something that's not in balance. There is saying something that's not true. There being something that's not true. Or they're pretending to be something that's not true. Or they're in a life that isn't true to them. So how do you change you? How do you change others in your life? How do you change what you have in your life? Decision by decision, by decision. And how do you start to make better decisions? It's not complicated, guys. You can have the best strategy in the world from Robert, from Charlotte, from Jonathan, from Paul, from any other speaker, influencer, trainer, business person, but you can still go in the wrong direction. Is that fair to say? You can have all the strategy in the world, all the training, all the coaching, and you can still go in the wrong direction more and more and more if you're doing what other people think you should do or you keep doing what other people tell you to do you're living a lie you're not being honest now some people here needed to just hear this that the reason why you are not where you want to be is because you're a liar you're lying to yourself and you're lying to other people around what you stand for and what matters in the world and maybe that's because you're afraid. Maybe that's because you don't know how to have the certainty just yet, because certainty is a trainable skill. Whatever the reason may be, the reason that you're living a lie is the reason why you aren't where you know intuitively that you want to be. So the first step, decision by decision, is to always trust your own intuition, your own inner wisdom in making decisions and when making decisions. So what does that look like? Every time you make a decision, well, I could speak a whole day on this, on decision-making, but to keep it very short, every time you make a decision, ask yourself, does this feel good? And yes, it's very simple, but I, I did say that, right? It's very simple, but this is the start of it. We were all born God, the universe, gifted us with an internal guidance system called our feelings, our emotions. And our emotions don't actually have another job. They don't have another job other than to tell us whether we're going in the right direction or the wrong direction. That's why they're there. Whether for survival, you know, run towards that saber-toothed tiger or run away from the saber-toothed tiger. Uh, or whether you're going for a business decision or whether you're going for a life decision to spend and invest your life with someone for the rest of your life. Our emotions are there to guide us. And actually, when I spend time with a, a Shaolin master in Germany for a few weeks, 
but we had a really conscious conversation in a forest. It was really, really one of the best conversations I've ever had in my life. And we were talking about feelings and emotions. And he said, JP, our feelings are our greatest guide. Everyone looks for guidance on the outside, but they forget that the greatest guide you will ever have in your life was gifted to you at birth. It's inside you. It is you. Your greatest guide is you. So stop looking on the outside or spend less time looking on the outside for answers and go within. My wife always jokes with me. She says, when she sees I'm looking to make a, a really powerful decision or a tough decision or important decision, she always will walk past me and she'll see me kind of like meditating on it. And she'll say, go within. <laughs> she knows I'm, I'm going within and looking for the answer. And really that is the answer. It's go within. And whether you're a, a, a master of meditation or not, or mindfulness or not, it's to sit and be. Stop thinking, stop doing. Stop thinking, stop doing, just be. Slow down enough or even stop if you're able to, to listen to the sound of the wisdom that is already in you and has always been in you from the day you were born and even before. And that is the first step to decision by decision, start changing your life. Now, I recently gave a similar talk to this uh, at, a, at a, a festival, a kind of retreat, a very spiritual retreat. And I spoke in a big year, it's a big like tent. And just when I said this, a lady started bursting out crying because in that moment, she went for the first time, once again, I'm assuming, she stopped looking outside for answers or thinking, what, I should, what should I do? Or, you know, I've told people this for this many years. And she realized that she needed to end her marriage, just like that, based on a feeling. And this is the power of this work, to go within, to trust your intuition. So who here is already really good at this? Now, my accent's a bit funny. When I say really, I mean like really, like you're not good, you're really good, not rarely. Who here is already really good at making decisions from their intuition? Demetra says me. Or who here doesn't even know how to do that? I've given you a way in how to do that. And Linda says not me. Okay, so if you can't meditate, do this. Remember, what I said was you just have to stop and get still, get still to feel your energy. I once spoke with a, a monk called Dan Apani. Maybe some of you have watched some of his videos and he had a great quote. Meditation is simply a meeting with our own energy. So if we want to um, get connected to our energy and what we're feeling, we need to learn to meditate. But if you can't do that sitting, I give you permission. Give yourself permission to do it standing, to do it walking. You can do a meditative walk. You can go out into your garden, take your shoes off. And just be with yourself. Just focus on your feet, left, right, left, right. I don't know. Go hug a tree. Go for a walk. Go for a swim. Go for a hike. But meditation really is about awareness. It's the ability to be aware, fully aware of where you are. So when you're meditating, it just means you're very present around where you are and what you're feeling in that moment or what you're thinking. And then, of course, if you're thinking, you want to come back to the feeling and how you do that is by focusing on your breath. If some people come to me and say, oh, I can't meditate, I just say simply, look, stop trying to not think. Stop it. Meditation is not about not thinking. Meditation is about being aware that you're thinking. And as soon as you have the awareness that you're thinking, just go back to your breath. 
whether you're walking, swimming, sitting, standing, whatever. But is that clear to everyone? Do you know how to action this? Before I move on to the next step, I want to make sure that you know how to action making better decisions from your intuition and looking for wisdom on the inside rather than on the outside. <laughs> Widad says, yeah, baby, amazing. I will welcome yeah, babies all day long. So whether you put yes or yeah, baby, that's up to you. But there's got to be more than one person here that... Um, that that knows how to action this and i'm not going to move on i'm all about implementation i might be inspiring but i'm not here to inspire you i might be motivating but i'm not here to motivate you i'm here to make sure that you take action on you investing your time your money your energy on being here okay so now the yeah babies and the yeses are coming in so start to protect your energy and living your truth by number one decision by decision i'm summarizing it trusting your intuition Trusting your intuition. Uh, Nazar says, that's been the best period of my life. Do you mean meditation? That's amazing. And I will say, if that is correct, Nazar, I will say that the best experiences of my life have been sitting with myself. Because here's another reason why you should meditate, guys. What is meditation? A lot of people say, I can't meditate. You don't have to do anything. There's nothing to do. How can you say, I can't do something where there's nothing to do? All you have to do is sit. But that's a lie. What they mean is they can't sit with themselves. And I will say, right, I told you I'm here to tell you the truth and give you strategy. Here, here's a bit of truth from me. And feel free to disagree with me once again. I'm not here to put my views or values on you or my opinions on you. You can just be the observer of everything that I'm sharing with you. If you can't sit with yourself, then you at some level in your life, you are living a lie. Because if you were truly fulfilled, truly happy, you could be with yourself all day long. I know because that's been my journey. I can sit for hours on end. My wife knows that I love, I'm addicted to solitude. I love to be alone. But for my teens and my 20s, I hated being alone. I hated it because I got my validation from serving other people. But you can't serve from an empty cup. You want to serve from your overflow. And meditation is a great way to fill up your cup so that you can then go serve from a healthy, happier, more fulfilled and sustainable place. Demetra, question from Linda. How can we keep going? Like when I hear you, I get motivated. Then I will get back to my life and this motivation will wear off. How can I keep going? So first of all, Demetra, thank you for the courageous question because that's very honest. But also, I'm sure that you're not the only one that struggles with that. And because I'm about implementation, I'm going to give you guys some things for you to implement every single day of your life. So don't worry. I'm not going to leave you empty-handed. And that is a promise. So uh, let's move on from, from T, trusting your intuition. The next way to protect your energy in life so that you live from abundance and opportunity rather than lack and scarcity is to respect your nature. Respect your nature. Now, what does this mean? Some things in life, let me tell you, based on 39 years of experience, some things in life just aren't for you. Maybe marriage isn't for you. Maybe online marketing isn't for you. Maybe fitness, the way I do fitness, if you follow me, isn't for you. Maybe seminars and courses isn't for you, or maybe it is for you. 
but you've got to respect your nature. Why? Here's why. If you do things that aren't in your nature, they don't come naturally to you, they will keep taking your energy away for the rest of your life. And that is not responsible. It is our obligation as people that are heart-centered and want to live in the service of others. It is our obligation to protect our energy and everything we do, everything we think, everyone we hang out with. So we've got to make sure that everything we do, at least to the best of our ability, gives us energy rather than takes it away. And there's so many things. Let me give you my own experiences. There's so many things because I've been obsessed about learning my whole life. There's so many things that I've tried to do only to realize that the fact that it kept feeling like trying, it was never meant to be. So I've seen Farida just said, aren't we limiting ourselves? Absolutely not. By saying that there's certain things you can't do, it's not about limiting yourself. It's about realizing that you can't be everything to everyone on every platform in every way. That's ridiculous. That will leave you exhausted at the end of the day. I'm very observant. And I was watching Robert earlier, and he's giving so much energy. And I'm watching Paul earlier and Charlotte and John earlier, and they're giving so much energy. They're doing things. I'm sure you guys can all see that they're doing things that they absolutely love to do. And at the same time, have you seen other people teaching stuff that you know, you can see them getting more tired, more tired, more tired doing it. Right? They, need, they don't need to necessarily change the thing, but sometimes you need to change the thing about the thing, change the way you do it. Here's an example. I started my coaching career as a life coach. And I realized that I was getting very exhausted. I loved helping people. I loved helping people make better decisions. I loved helping people live their best life, to live more inspired. But the type of people that I was working with was everyone, everybody. And there were certain types of people that really took my energy away. And this is without judgment. It's just observation, observing what gives me energy and what doesn't give me energy. And I realized that what really gave me energy was working with people that were already super ambitious, already super driven, because this is who I was. So I changed what I did and I changed it to high performance coaching because that really helped me. Whereas I have a friend of mine, that's, I've just seen the word therapist come up. I've had, a, I have a friend of mine that's a therapist and would hate to be a high performance coach. She doesn't want to work with high performers. She wants to have deep conversations and help people through trauma. So you've got to know what feels good for you. And there's a really good way to know what your nature is. And you can research the word archetypes but I'm going to give you a different exercise, right? Your archetypes are things like, are you a rescuer? Are you a warrior? Are you a, um, you know, were you always looking to be the funny person? You know, were you an entertainer? Are you a joker, a jester? And looking at what, what are the archetypes? And there's an plenty and plenty of research and, and, and papers and YouTube videos and books on archetypes online. But the, the thing I want to give to you that will really help you discover what is natural to you is to notice the patterns in your life. 
What are the patterns that already exist? What are the things that you absolutely love to do and you've always loved to do? Put them in the chat. While you do that, I'm just going to answer the next question that's come in. What if you live in an environment that you don't really belong to, but you don't have a choice? How can you accept it and adapt it? Well, Dimitra, that, that's a tough question to answer. You know, that's a really a private conversation because first of all, if, whether that's you or someone else, I think actually it's Linda, but my heart goes out to anyone that feels like they're stuck where they are and they can't get out. And I would recommend just, just, just this coming to me right now, I would recommend a book, one of the best books I've ever read called A Man's Search for Meaning by Dr. Victor E. Frankel, A Man's Search for Meaning. And it's all about not to get into it, but to give you a little bit of context, it's all about how you can create a more powerful meaning for where you are, even though you don't like where you are. And one of the things that I teach a lot, thanks Demetrius, just put it in the, uh, in the chat. A lot of the work that I do is to help people change the meaning of their experiences or their environment or the people in their environment. So uh, what is... What is your nature? Farida says, I love helping people. So helping people gives me energy instead of draining it, even though I'm used to lots of energy. But funnily enough, I never get tired. Amazing. Okay, so be more specific, Farida. How have I always liked to help people? What have been the patterns in my life? How have I liked to help people? Go back to those patterns. And even here's the next thing to help you figure out what your nature is, what comes most natural to you, is to go back to when you were a child. Now, this could be five, four to seven. It could be primary school, as we call it in South Africa, like seven to 12, 13 years old. It could be high school. But when you were younger, what are those things that you absolutely love to do? And maybe you want to reach out to some people after this event. Reach out to a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, and say, hey, I'm doing some work on myself right now. I'm really looking to live my absolute best life, to live in my truth. I want to live my life with the very best energy that I can have. And I want to find out what are the things that I've always loved to do since I was a, a little boy or a little girl and ask them, what are those things? You know, they, they might say, oh, you know, you're always the funny one, always entertaining people. Uh, or they might say, oh, whenever someone was down, you, were always, you would always lift them up. Or they say, you know, when all your friends were doing this thing, you were always doing another thing. So maybe that means, you know, you, you're an adventurer, you're an explorer. That's your nature. You know, how much of that are you doing in your life? But the more you live in things that come natural to you, the, the more you the more energy you have, but the less energy you need. I get asked a lot because not so much this year, because I'm slowing down a lot in my life. I'm kind of like semi-retiring from busyness anyway. Uh, but for a large part of my adult career, I was so busy. My own students will tell you that. And so many times people ask me, how do you have so much energy? How do you always get so much done? How are you so busy? Here's how. I only do what I love. I only do what I love. And some people are going to agree with that. Some people disagree with me in my own life. People that love me. People that guide me with their best intention. And they say, hey, JP, sometimes you just got to do what you don't enjoy. Well, I freaking disagree. Life is short at 37 years old. Oh, 30, oh, 30 
was that 37? 37, yeah, 37 years old, I almost lost my life. Life is temporary. We're not going to get out alive. And it could be over before you even know it. So I refuse to do things that I don't enjoy. But doing things that we love and that comes natural to us, it gives us energy. It doesn't take our energy away. And energy is the one thing that you need to serve. You can, you can have a great team. You can have a great vision, a great mission. You can have great strategies. But if you don't have the energy required, you're not going to be able to be a game changer, to be a force for good, to live your very best life in terms of how you can be of service to others. You need energy. And energy doesn't have to be acquired or attained. You can create your own energy and you can save your own energy. And you can save your energy by eliminating or delegating the things that you just know don't come naturally to you. When I was around 34 years old, I, I stopped using email because I hate email. It's not a limiting belief. I am living a temporary life just like you, and I don't want to live it on a screen. The only time I ever use a laptop is when I'm on Zoom. That's it. I try to stay away from things that I just don't, don't want to do. I don't do spreadsheets. I had a six-figure, a quarter million pound coaching contract three years ago. And one of the things they asked me to do, once I'd committed to the contract, they said, we would like you to use a spreadsheet, please, because I was working with the leaders in a group of companies. And we want you to use a spreadsheet and update your sessions. I said, not a chance. You're not getting me to do that. They're like, what? Just... All you have to do is just go on an Excel spreadsheet. I said, look, I've never used a spreadsheet in my life. I'm not using it. If you want a spreadsheet, you do the spreadsheet. But I love to talk. Talking gives me energy. So if you want to meet with me every week, every Friday, every month, and you want me to talk about what I did during the week, then we got a deal. But if you want me to do a spreadsheet, I'm telling you now, this is not going to work. And sometimes, guys, sometimes, if not all the time, Sometimes living your truth and knowing what you stand for and what you will do and what you won't do takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage. And sometimes if we are willing to be courageous, we will get things that we never ever thought we could get when we were living according to the opinions of others. You know what the enemy of living your best life is? Your best, best, best life. Not a best life, like the absolute best life. The enemy of extraordinary, meaning feeling like everything is extra in your life. It's just so good. The enemy of that is living by the opinions of other people and what other people tell you you should do. So respect your nature. Go back, look at the things that have always come naturally to you. Look at your life right now. What are the things that you love to do? You know, Robert mentioned before your values. Live in your values. You know what your values are? Your own rules for your happiness. Very simply put before I move on, for you to live a happy life, you must live in the things that you value. Wisdom, adventure, family, financial abundance, discipline, consistency, whatever it may be. Playfulness, fun, uh, adventure, exploration, truth. If you value truth, and you don't, and you, you're not honest with yourself, honest with others, and you don't allow honest, uh, people to be honest with you, there's going to be friction there. 
And this friction shows up as suffering. I know from my own experiences in life, from, from working with many, many people, that when we don't live our truth, then what we do is we need to find a way for us to feel good about ourselves. And that can show up as being a seminar junkie. It can show up as an addiction. It can show up as a bad habit. Never mind an addiction, but it could be you're drinking every day a glass of wine or you're having a cigarette every day and you know it's not good for you, but you can't get yourself to stop. Because there's something that needs filling inside because you don't feel full. So number two, respect your nature. Number three, unite your being. The you in truth is to unite your being. If you really want to be a force for good, we all know that you've got to have the physical energy to be able to do that. And that I call not physical fitness, but life fitness. Life fitness, mind, body, spirit. To protect our mind and our thoughts, to protect our body and our physical energy, and to protect our spirit. So look, I don't need to go into this much. I'm going to give you a model, something that I do every day to make sure that I'm uniting my mind, body, and spirit, working on my being as a whole, as a collective, so that I'm putting the best version of me out into the world every day. And I'm going to share it with you, but then we'll move on to the next model. But you guys get that, right? Protect your mind, body, spirit, meditation, fitness, yoga, whatever works for you. Breath work. There's plenty of resources in the world. You can just type in, uh, work on my spirit, uh, spiritual fitness, whatever. Uh, but this, these, are, these are five things that I do every single morning to make sure that my mind, body, and spirit aren't here, here, here. They're boof aligned. And then I, with strong intention and with high attention, put myself into the service of others. But I always serve myself first. To go back to the cupping empty versus full, I always serve myself first. When you serve yourself first, you are protecting your mind, body, and spirit. So do it every day because your life depends on it. Your energy depends on it. Your clients depend on it. Your students depend on it. The world depends on it. So here's the five things. Number one is hydration. And I'm not gonna, I'm gonna keep this very simple, but hydration. We wake up in the morning, we're extremely dehydrated. I've worked with clients paying a lot of money to work with me privately. And the coaching tip I give them first is drink more water. And they're like, are you kidding me? That's what I get for what I've paid you. I'm like, look, just listen to me. This is a marathon, not a sprint. How do you run a marathon? One step at a time. Just please take this step and drink one liter of water every morning. Now, if you can't drink one liter, drink as much as you can. But drink as much water as you can first thing in the morning because you'll notice that you have more energy. You have more energy just by drinking more water. So it's hydration, number one. Number two, how do you need your, unite your mind, body, and spirit every morning is to have inspiration, meaning to inspire. Just because we have slept, it doesn't mean that we feel empowered in the morning. But the quality of our life comes down to the quality of our breath. So take a few moments in the morning, whether it's breath work or breathing or, you know, Tony Robbins, four, six, eight breathing, or just consciously sitting with your water. Or as I do, I drink my water. Then I go outside. I let my dogs out for a pee. Oh, that's good timing. Hello, Bella. And, uh, and I just stand by the door and I do this. 
And I'm literally telling my mind, body, and spirit, it's a new day. Let's go. It's a new day. So that's number two, hydration. Number three is meditation, to sit in silence with your feelings, with your thoughts, and to remain the observer. Write this down. I'm going to go through quickly because I don't have much time left. To sit with your thoughts as the observer, not the judge. Write observer, yes. Write uh, the word judge and put a cross through it. Don't judge your thoughts. Just observe. Oh, that's interesting. Or oh, there comes a thought. Let it go. Get back to my breath and sit in meditation. So that's number three. We've got hydration, inspiration to inspire consciously, take in full breaths, meditation. Number four, energization, to put energy in your physical body, to open up your joints, to do mobilization to do yoga, stretches, just to do something physical every morning, whatever works for you. But what really works for me right now, especially after my accident, is yoga and stretching. And I'm opening myself up to a new day so that I don't start my day tense. Because that then has a knock-on effect on everything that I do. And like Robert mentioned, that has effect on your state. So open yourself up to feel as free as possible, as rich, as powerful as possible. That's number four. And then number five, it, number five is journalization. Now, I just had to make it fit with hydration, inspiration, <laughs> meditation. But journalization is just pull out a journal and write out your goals and write whatever works for you. Write your goals, write your values, write some I am incantations. I am are the two most powerful words of your life because whatever follows those two words is who you believe you are and who you will become over time. That's for sure. So that's number three, unite your being. Number four, the T in truth or the second T is to teach your wisdom. And this means to teach what you know. Your wisdom is a knowing. Your most powerful wisdom is a knowing. It's I know. I love that, that uh, Charlotte and Jonathan are all about the UN Sustainable Goals. Right? Pick one of those goals that you know this is wrong in the world. And teach that in any way that you can. Maybe the wisdom that you have is just teaching your children. Maybe that's it. But what do you know that can be of benefit to your children? What do you know here in your heart from your intuition, from your nature, from your life experiences that you know, and it's, you've got to know it, guys. You've got to know it. Like, what's the number one thing that you've been trying to solve in your life, the whole, sorry, for all of your life? Whatever you have learned by solving that problem, you know it works. And that's why I started this conversation saying, I only teach what I know. And that's why I have so much passion and energy for what I teach. You will not see my energy getting less because I know, I know, I know this works. You know, one of my teachers in my life, Lisa Nichols, uh, one of the things she says in the movie, The Secret is, I know, like I know, like I know, like I know. Well, let me ask you this. What do you know, like you know, like you know, like you know, like you know? Like you just know you're passionate about it. Well, I grew up in Cape Town, South Africa. I was born with a lamb chop in my mouth. But as I became more aware, more aware, more aware, I knew, I just knew that I could live a life without suffering or causing suffering to other beings. I just knew. 
And I found the evidence. I, I experienced myself in fitness and I knew that I could, for me personally, without any judgment, I knew that I could live a life without cause, causing harm to any other being. And this is why I'm so passionate about that too. What do you know? What do you already know? Forget about what you're trying to acquire. You already have wisdom. And it could be how to overcome your parent committing suicide. It could be how to decision by decision, not get your life wrong. It could be how to live a life of impact. But what do you already know? And let me tell you this, it will change. It will change. That's okay. Don't be so, so obsessed about the vehicle as you are about the vision. What do you already know? Go teach that, my friends. And I'll tell you now, you'll just have a lot of energy. And you'll want to do it more and more and more. But here's, here's something I want to share very quickly. I have one minute left. Two minutes, maybe, if I'm allowed. Stop trying to teach what you don't know. Stop it. Go back to your nature. Go back to your intuition. Right? Put your mind, body, spirit in the best place that it can be. Unite, unite, unite. Create a powerful self. Go back to your nature, what's always been natural to you. And ask yourself intuitively, what do I know and what do I want to teach? And then teach that. And then lastly, to go back to a question that came in earlier, it's harmonized your life. This takes so much courage, guys. If you want to truly protect your energy and live your truth, you've got to find harmony in your life and create a life that's like a beautiful symphony. And sometimes that remains, sometimes that means changing where you live, changing friendships, getting rid of friendships with grace and gratitude. Because they've got you to where you are, but you recognize with grace and gratitude that you cannot hold on to these to go where you want to go. That's not a bad thing. Most things in life are seasonal. Like the seasons, appreciate it. Appreciate the seasons. So harmonize your life. And if this means that you also have to look at your personal life and the people that are closest to you, ask yourself this question. Are the people that are closest to me in my life, are they a radiator? Do they give heat? Or are they a drain? Do they take my energy away? Get more radiators in your life and get rid of the drains because they are stealing your energy. And the only reason they are allowed to do that is because at some level, we are giving them permission to do so. Like I mentioned before, this work takes courage. But courage is what's required for you to live your best life. Now, Steve Jobs said, here's to the crazy ones, right? Courage and craziness, I think, lies in the same domain. You've got to be a little bit crazy if you're going to be courageous enough to live your very best life. And I've been able to do that, and I continue to do that, and I wish the very, very same for you. Thank you so much for having me. Apologies for running over by two minutes, uh, but uh, let's hand back over to Charlotte and Jonathan. Yeah, baby, Thank that you. was amazing, JP. Honestly, electric.
I hope you guys are feeling that energy as well. Let us know in the chat, what are you feeling? Are you feeling like JP's been a, a radiator for you today? Yes, 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 look yeah, at amazing, that. Amazing, Beautiful. so powerful, definitely. Honestly, JP, that's hit home in so many ways. Um, like truly, just us listening to this, uh, the people listening and the comments that were flying in as well, that energy is contagious. And thank you for what you do, keep doing what you do, keep shining for everybody. I'm so happy um, to see your comeback after our accident as well because it, it just goes to show just what we're really capable of and you're, you're a great inspiration so thank you so so much uh sorry i uh, thank you so much someone's nancy's just put i didn't say actually say that the, the h the h is harmonize the h in truth is harmonize um yeah thank you guys so much i believe you have one uh, my latest book i believe uh, so yeah i'll hand over to you guys thank you guys everyone for being here thank you for your comments for your engagement and i wish you all the very best if you enjoyed this episode and you haven't done so already hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode then share it with a friend who you think might benefit spread the word that's how we're going to impact the world by helping each other we appreciate you so much and as always unconditional love and wellness to you